This is Project Inspire, an interview series created and produced by students in the Haslam College of Business at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and sponsored by Haslam's Office of Student Engagement. In this episode, I am joined by Holly Sullivan. Ms. Sullivan is the current Vice President of Worldwide Economic Development at Amazon. She was responsible for heading Amazon's HQ2 search and brought thousands of jobs to Tennessee in the Nashville area. Welcome to episode 11 of Project Inspire. My name is Amanda, and today I am joined by Miss Holly Sullivan. Miss Sullivan, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? So excited to join you today. Thank you for coming on. Um, yes, I'm doing pretty well. I'll be doing a little bit better once I'm out of exam week. Other than that, I have no complaints. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days. Yes, um, I'm very much looking forward to when I am past them. But I'm really excited to speak with you today and hear a little bit about how you went from being an undergraduate student like myself to your current position at Amazon. So if you don't mind, we can go ahead and jump in. I'm excited to do so. Originally, you're from Nashville, Tennessee. What brought you to University of Tennessee other than your proximity? I mean, of course, um, staying in state. I love uh, Tennessee, obviously my home. Uh, But I attended a smaller private all-girls school in Nashville. And I think, you know, the idea of going to a larger university to have that exposure of people from from all, from everywhere around the globe um, and obviously a great football team and all the things that University of Tennessee had to offer. I was really excited to get into a different environment and meet new people. And the coursework that UT offers, you know, once you enter, you know, you kind of have your ideas of a freshman of what you want to do. But I think that freshman, sophomore year, you understand that there's so many different directions you can go and so it gives you that opportunity to do so. Absolutely yes I was also interested in UT for the big environment but that was because I also came from a very large high school and I could not imagine going down but I'm also very jealous of your location in Nashville growing up because I'm from Memphis so driving to and from school you're my halfway point I always wish I could just stop there. Uh, (laughs) Yes and my halfway point was Cookville Crossville which you never know what (laughs) you're going to get on the plateau. Yes, yes. Um, But you completed both your bachelor's and master's degree at UT. Did you take any time off to work between these two degrees or did you just go straight through? I did. I did two things. One, um, I worked and I also traveled abroad during that time. And I think it's sort of different for every student has to make that decision for their own. For me, I'm glad I took the break um, as you are experiencing, you know, your exam uh, time right now. I think when you graduate from college, you know, there's some pressures that you need to immediately get a job and do this and do that. But I think everybody matures at their own rate. So I did. I sold residential real estate in Nashville. And then um, while I was getting prepared to start my second uh, tenure at University of Tennessee, um, I I traveled for about a month um, over in Europe. And both of those experiences, I think, prepared me for that next phase of, you know, two more years of education. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. As someone that also wants to go on to continue my education, that's kind of an internal battle I'm having right now, whether I want to take time off or not. But I could definitely get behind the studying abroad in the meantime. Well, you get some, you meet so many people. And I think for me, it helped kind of scope exactly what I wanted to do and the path I wanted to take in my you know, post-secondary education. That makes a lot of sense. It's definitely hard to have your sense of direction, I feel like, while you're still in school. So that makes sense. Agree. I agree. You are currently the Vice President of Worldwide Economic Development at Amazon. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the day-to-day of this role? 
Uh, I can. Um, I, I always say I have one of the, the best roles um, at the company. I get to work with our various lines of business, whether it be our operations, which is our fulfillment network, our corporate offices, um, studios, um, and any other special projects on jobs and investment. Um, myself and my team, we help build the strategy around the real estate and the site selection, um, understand any geopolitical risk, and then we actually negotiate uh, with the communities on you know, entry to make sure we can launch whatever that job and investment is. It's a really fun job. Yeah, no, that sounds really exciting. It sounds like you always have something new to work on. It sounds we like, do, we do. yeah. Sometimes really cool stuff like Lord of the Rings and, and <laughs> Great Britain, um, and then sometimes you know not as exciting as our um, uh, you know a last mall fulfillment center. But we just did a great project actually in Blount County, um, one of our robotics fulfillment centers um, that will be opening up in a few years. So it's really fun to be able to bring that jobs and investment back to my home state also. That's awesome. It sounds like there's a lot of things about your job that you love, but what is your favorite part about your current role at Amazon? I wake up every morning and I have no idea. You know, obviously you have your schedule, you have your calendar, but there's always a couple things that pop up in the middle of the day um, that I wasn't anticipating. Um, so I like the um, I like the ambiguous environment uh, that I work in, but I have to also say we just work with a lot of great people. Um, Amazon, uh, you can do almost anything at this company, um, whether you want to focus on data centers or you want to focus on more, you know, technical or human resources finance. And it's a company where you get to meet all these different people with different ideas and different cultures. And you can bring that all together um, to innovate for our customers. Sounds like there's a lot of directions that you can go there. Um, I've always liked Amazon as a company. And I know that you'll do a lot for um, your communities. As you mentioned that you brought a lot of jobs back to your hometown. Can you tell me a little bit about that and why that's so important to you? Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm from Tennessee. Um, you know, we opened our corporate office, which was part of our um, HQ2 site selection mm -hmm. process, which I also ran. And when I made that announcement, um, then with Governor Haslam, you know, sitting on the stage, it really hit me. The... Um, the project was long and it was hard, um, a lot a lot of ups and downs to, to that process, but being able to announce 5,000 jobs in your home state that you know is going to make a difference in young people's lives, like graduates from the University of Tennessee, and, you know, since then we formalized a professor um, endowment with the um, the School of Business, the Haslam School of Business, so continue to have those ties um, and not only, you know, today, but also looking around the corner and making a difference 10, 20, 30 years down the road. That's incredible. Um, can you tell me a little bit about some of the challenges that you ran into on your HQ2 um, search? I'm sure that there was probably lots of roadblocks and then maybe how you might have addressed them. Yes, um, there, there were so many. Um, I would say, you know, one of the biggest challenges we had was um, just all the misinformation out in the media. Um, always say, don't believe everything you read. Fact check, fact check, fact check. Um, and that made the process sometimes a little bit more arduous because we were always having to, um, you know, react to that um, in, in a public way. So that makes that when you're trying to do a confidential project a little bit more challenging. Um, I would say overall is, and I think that every single person, whether you're still a student or, you know, you're, you're fully fledged in your career or your career is, you know, staying at home um, and, and caring for your children. It's prioritizing. Mm -hmm. um, it's a constant prioritization of 
what's most important this hour, what's most important today that I need to accomplish, and what's most important this week. And that constant juggle of prioritizing um, your, your task. And I tend to take it in a sort of a bucket type way, and I get the easy stuff out of the way as quickly as possible. And then um, I start to put together the strategy on how I can tackle the more complex issues and what other team members I need to pull into those complex issues. And I was doing that every single day um, mm -hmm. during HQ2, but realized I also had my day job still of running our economic development team. And so having that constant prioritization, I think, kept me sane, but also kept all of the wheels moving at the same motion. Yeah, no, I never thought about how you took that on on top of all of your current roles at Amazon. So that's incredible. And I also never thought about the media aspect of that. I did. I remember seeing in real time, um, it was all over the media. Where is it going to be? I saw that people were looking into your background like, oh, is it going to be in Nashville? Is it going to be in D.C.? So I never thought about how that might have impacted um, your productivity and how you're constantly having to react to that because that seems crazy. <laughs> We were actually, um, I, was, I was on a metro and there was um, a group reading an article about HQ2 and it had, you know, the big headline of Amazon and I was sitting right behind them and four people were discussing the project. I said, little they know, I'm sitting right behind them on the metro. <laughs> oh, I bet they had all the answers too. I'm sure they knew everything. It was fascinating listening to their conversation. Maybe <laughs> some good insights of what you know is going on in the public. No, yeah, no, that's so funny. But um, what challenges did you face as a young woman in business, and do you think that these challenges still exist to the same extent today? You know, I, I think um, first of all, my profession, economic development, which is really um, you know kind of a spinoff of, of real estate, is. Um, it is still male dominated. Mm -hmm. um, there is a, a lack of diversity, I would say, overall in the industry. But I do think that's changing. And I think all industries are changing. And there's a greater awareness that, um, you know, your your background, whether it be your racial background, your, your gender identity, that's not how you make, that's not going to influence how you make those decisions, that everybody can be a part of whatever industry they choose. And that background actually helps make those decisions. Um, I would be lying if I said I didn't face some challenges. I mean, I would, I can look back on a specific example where I was leading an organization. They were going through some reorganization and the chairman of the board at that time sat me down and said, you know, we really feel that we need a middle-aged male running this organization and not a female. And so that was in the last um, decade that that conversation occurred. And but I tend to look at those conversations in a different way. I was like, that only makes me stronger and makes me smarter. Um, and so I took that information. I made an informed decision. Um, but I, I do think that sometimes uh, I think there's still some obstacles out there. Um, but I think that it's evolving faster than it has in the previous two decades before us. My advice on that would be is never sell yourself short. Always be true to yourself. And you're invited to that interview. You're invited to that meeting for a reason. Um, so make sure that your voice is heard. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. I agree with everything that you said there. Um, your resume is certainly impressive. When you were a student at UTK, did you expect to become so successful? I guess in other words, what goals did you have for yourself during school? Um you know, I think success is measured in so many different ways. And I think that you can be successful depending on what those goals are. For me, one of my goals was to um, really just be independent. 
Um, I wanted to be an independent thinker. I wanted to be an uh, independent person. Um, and I think I was able to do that. But I think it took me a little bit, a little while to do that, to be honest with you. Uh, I think UT prepared me for that, to be a critical thinker, but also to give myself different opportunities. And, you know, I look at sometimes when I was your age, trying to get out there and, and get a job. And it's a very stressful of, do I get a job? Do I go back to school? Um, but there's very few one-way doors in those decisions. Um, there's so many different opportunities and paths that you can take. It's just about creating the path that's right for you. Yeah, thank you for that. You once quoted, there are no goals too big and no tasks too small as you are taking steps throughout your career. Do you have any advice for current and recently graduated students in regards to setting goals for themselves and their future careers? Um, I do. And, and, you know, I'll go back to that quote. Um, I think sometimes uh, we, you know, we, we have experience or we're at a level where we're, we sometimes think to ourselves, like, do I really have to go back and do that work? Sometimes we do. And that's what I mean by that quote is sometimes we have to get our hands a little dirty and whatever we're working on or our mind a little um, mind a little complex and, and wrap our head around, you know, really complex uh, problem solving. Um, and so I look at goals as short term and long term. Um, the opportunity with short term goals is you can put together your, your strategy and your thought process behind those short term goals. But I think it's always important to look around those corners. And there's another saying, best laid plans. So those long term goals might uh, might meander, might pivot a little bit. But if you keep your eye on the ball and develop those shorter term strategies, those baby steps get you there eventually. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for that advice. You have mentioned in your class that you came from a long line of hard workers with your dad owning a contract company and your mom being a real estate agent. Do you think that their hard work carried over to you and is the reason for your current success? I think what that taught me is, um, first of all, I think anybody can, can uh, have their own success. Um, it's not necessarily what their parents did or, or did not do. But what it did teach me is um, that and I think particularly being a female, um, that you can have it all. I mean, there's this old saying, can you have it all? Can you can you not have it all? I'm not sure you can have it all every day. But what it taught me is I can be successful. I can be um, a wife if I choose. I can be a mother if I choose, which I'm all of those. Um, but there are sacrifices you have to make along the way. But it's okay to make some of those sacrifices because you have to also be true to yourself and do what's important for you as an individual. So I'm not always, um, you know, I can't give 100% to all of those every single, single minute of the day. So again, it goes back to that prioritizing of like, okay, the, the school event, so I, I need to back off of that meeting so I need to attend this school event. I can't attend all the school events, so I'll also have to prioritize those. Yeah, no, I'm certainly at a stage in life where I'm starting to work on prioritizing things, and that's definitely having to make more of a prevalence. But um. I think that's really interesting that you mentioned that you might not be able to have it all every single day because I do think that's certainly true. And I think that if you realize that, it does enable you to have it more so in the grand scheme of things, if that makes sense. Uh, absolutely. And I, I, you know, I think there's a and there's, you know, a lot of conversations around work life balance. I'm not sure there's ever a balance. Mm -hmm. um, I think everybody just has to find their own harmony in that. Yeah, definitely. I think that definitely um, varies from person to person, too. I think that we often try to like, chase the ideal work-life balance but that may not work that might be the same thing from me to you for example 
Absolutely. Different people have different uh, ways of de-stressing. Personally, mm-hmm. um, you know, going through my inbox is a de-stressor for me. It's part of my job, mm-hmm. but it makes me feel better at the end of the day to have that done. Me and you both. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what led you to want to serve on the Haslam College of Business Dean's Advisory Council? Um, I, first of all, I love University of Tennessee. Um, uh, and when I was asked, I really just looked at it as such an honor to give back to a university that I think gave so much to me. Um, But also, how can we as um, business leaders help shape our our next generations? And, you know, I have real world experience and I I work in the corporate world on a daily basis. And I think it's important and I really applaud um, the Haslam School of Business of bringing in different companies so they can have um, have that vision and be looking at how can we teach our students and better prepare them for whatever career path they take um, after they graduate. You certainly have a lot going on too, so I appreciate your willingness to give back to the Haslam School. Uh, My pleasure. Honestly, it's a highlight when we have our meetings and I get to come into town um, and, and walk the campus and remember, you know, walking up to Ayers Hall. The campus has changed a lot, um, but it's still just such a beautiful setting. No, it is beautiful. And there has certainly been lots of construction. Yes. What is something that you now know that you wish you knew when you were 20? Um, I, I think to listen more. I think that uh, listening is such a powerful tool. And as you're listening to actually comprehend um, whatever the, the person is saying or the group is saying, and there's also an old saying that um, we should walk in other people's shoes before we make decisions. Well, that's not actually possible. So I think it's always recognizing that you can't walk in someone else's shoes. And so if they're coming to you from a different perspective, it's really important to listen to that perspective. Take that into account so you can make an informed decision. That's great advice. I appreciate you sharing that with me. What is a resource? Um, it could be a book or article or even a habit that you found to be particularly useful. Oh, gosh, I have a few. Um, one, um, I, I do enjoy reading. And I like to read things that uh, open my mind and give me those different perspectives. I'm currently reading a book uh, called Free Speech. And I think it's a, a very um, timely topic right now, um, mm-hmm. given the current events of the world. And it's a book really about um, free speech, you know, back as long as the Byzantine Empire and the evolution of free speech and the iterations that it made along the way. So I definitely recommend um, that book. And I think, you know, a task is, and we often forget to do it because we're very busy people, is to take time for ourselves um, every single day, whatever that time may be, whether it's an exercise routine, whether it is a, a walk whether it is, um, you know, sitting outside and getting fresh air, but it's to take a few minutes for yourself a couple of times a day. And, you know, I think COVID really, um, really challenged many of us because we would be sitting in our home offices where I actually am today, just because I've been traveling all week. Um, but we, there was no clear definition between our home, our work, our school, our family, um, and, and what, whatever was in our life at the time. And I've made it a practice to go outside for 15, 20 minutes in between my work day and then my, my family time, just to give me that time 
um, to process the day, understand what if I needed to do more work in the evening time, get ready for that family time also. So I think just taking time for ourselves, whatever that time may be. Thank you for both those. I will definitely have to look into the book. That sounds really interesting. Um, I would love to read it. And then also to the taking time for ourselves, that's definitely something I'm working on. And I hope it will come more naturally with time. But I tend to not be very good at prioritizing myself, but well, we're working on it. I do is I actually put time on my calendar of do not disturb um, or do not schedule DNS on my calendar. So I have that time um, to myself and it is on my calendar uh, five days a week. I have done that. I do have an hour to hour calendar in my notes app, but sometimes that it tends to get overlooked. I'm pretty good about sticking to everything else, but I don't know. I put that at the bottom of my priority list and I need to move it up. But I would say be deliberate about it. Yes, definitely. Burnout is real, whatever you're working on, and you're no good to yourself or anybody else if you're burned out. So priority number one is take care of yourself. That's true. Um, and then what inspires you? People like you inspire me. Um, it is just fantastic to see young people um, working hard, going after their dreams, whatever that dream may be. I have a seven-year-old daughter, and I would say that she inspires me every, every day. So we're working on um, complex math right now. She also takes Chinese and Spanish, and she'll come home, you know, say a Chinese sentence to me. And I just look at the opportunities of, of kids today whether it be the, the internet, which did not exist when I was her age, um, I'm getting my age away, or for, for years to come, actually. And seeing young people being able to take advantage of the opportunities before them. But it's not only what is out there, it's also creating your own opportunities. And I feel that young people are much more um, unapologetic about creating opportunities for themselves. And I love that drive and I love that passion. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that shift. And thank you for sharing that. My last question for you is, what's next? That is, I have no idea. And I love the fact that I don't know. Um, so I have a, uh, I'm, I'm one of those females, I'm not shy about my age. Um, I turned 50 this year. And I'm really excited about turning 50. I'm not one that gets like, oh my gosh, I'm turning 50. Because I feel like at 50, um, you know a lot more than you did at 40, and you know certainly a lot more than you did at 30 and 20. Um, and I, I love what I do at Amazon, um, but I was driving the other day and actually asked myself, like, what else do I want to do? Um, and I don't know yet. To be, de to be determined, but I bet I will do it at Amazon. That's really exciting, honestly. I feel like you have accomplished a lot of things, and now you're in a point where you can take on whatever you truly desire to next. So I think that's really exciting. Yes. Um, you know, one of the things I'm passionate about and is staying in my field in economic development, but it's also the, the intersection of how, as we're doing jobs and investment, how we interact with our communities around us. And we have a leadership principle um, that just came out. It was one of Jeff's last decisions that he made, and it's success and scale bring broad responsibility. And as a company, we have a responsibility to make our communities better and where we invest, leave them better than we found them. So I'm excited to continue to work on that. And that'll probably be one of my primary focuses in the, in the coming years. That's really exciting. But um, if you don't have anything else to add, that will conclude our 11th episode of Project Inspire. Uh, thank you so much for your time. And 
Good luck to all of you um, at the School of Business. If I can be a resource, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm just very proud of each of you. Thank you again for taking the time to talk to me, Ms. Sullivan. It's been a pleasure. Once again, my name is Amanda, and this is Project Inspire.